Ridiculous. Welcome to Ridiculous, an extensive look into the world of Harry Potter. I'm Samantha. I'm Julia. And I'm Robin. And we're digging deeper into a world we love to learn more about the wizarding world. Okay, we're live. Or at least recording. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. Welcome, everyone. Hey. We're all three together. Yay. Yay. It's been so long. I have two. Life has been so crazy. Crazy, crazy. Right. Crazy good, though. can say that. Yes. Crazy stress. I've been so busy at work the last couple weeks, but hopefully we're back to normal. I just stay busy. I mean, I work from home, so there's always something to do. <laughs> you can't ever get a get a uh relief uh relief from work. I'm telling you, look, so I'm sitting in my office right now. And I will do work this afternoon, but the second I leave this this room, I go out there and the other type of work starts because, like, I got a mommy and I got to clean the house and I got to make dinner, so. Y'all know how it goes. That mommy. That, that mommy's 24-7. Amen to that. Yeah, that mommy. that mommy's the most important one. I agree. Some days. I'm about to ship her somewhere else. Who wants her? Yeah, but you have a toddler. I'll trade you for my prepubescent adolescent. Look, I, I have a twenty. My I have a twenty-one year old. I got you all beat. I will take your. Was she ten? Um, she will be in November. Yeah, so I'll take your ten-year-old to my two-year-old because the ten-year-old and the eight-year-old can entertain each other. Mm. <laughs> but I'll warn you. Last week she cried because it rained. Oh. I can't I can't blame her I've had those days too so yeah that's where we are <laughs> yay puberty it's gonna come out through the other side sunshine and roses right huh <laughs> <sighs> All right, so anything new Potter-wise? Anybody have anything new to share? Not really. Haven't been reading a whole lot of Potter. I mean, granted, it's still my heart. But I've been reading a whole lot of other things. Yeah, I've I kind of... Uh, Jules has like become like my personal librarian. So like <laughs> I think I have like 10 books on my list from her. <laughs> And I have more. I'm telling you, if look, I so I have to kind of pull myself away from fantasy for just a little while to get back to like my history so that I can, you know, kind of keep my focus on my writing. But the second I go back to fantasy, I'm be like, okay, what you got for me next? Right? (laughs) Well, we all need to escape every once in a while. It's a good thing about fantasy. I agree with that wholeheartedly, which is, I think, why harry potter was like initially like a first love because it was like my first introduction to fantasy yeah actually i have like a little like tidbit about that in my notes heck yeah oh fun well let's jump into it all right well let's hit it yeah 
All right, so we are continuing with our chapter analysis. And so we're going to start with chapter seven. If you should have listened in, listened to one through six already, but so chapter seven is the sorting hat. Um, this is our first real look at Hogwarts. Um, and so these first years are coming in. Most of most of them don't know what to expect. Most of them have heard stories from their siblings. Like Fred and George, who completely lied to Ron. Um, Telling him he had to wrestle a troll. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna kill George. <laughs> Tell me we had to wrestle a troll. It's such like that's a, some massive foreshadowing. It really is, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. It, but, as it turns out, it wasn't Ron that wrestled him, though. Right. Well, it was right. Both. A little bit Ron both. just stuck his wand up his nose. No, Harry did that. Oh, oh yeah. That's a movieism. Movies. Damn it. No, Harry did that in the movie, too. No, Ron Wingardium what Leviosa a- did it. Right. Yes, Ron did. <laughs> and Harry jumped on the troll and stuck his. Ron thing was up the. Head. Ron was the bat over the head, wasn't it? Yes. Swish and flick. Sorry, dog barking. Um, so Harry, at least from my, like, I, I just kind of like read this with like a blank mind um, to try to like grasp what was actually going on in the story, which is hard because, you know, I've seen all the movies, I've read all the books multiple times. So I'm, I had to like shut my mind off of outside influence. Um. So Harry goes into the sorting thinking that the sorting hat is like the law of the land. Like whatever the sorting hat says goes. Um, and we come to find out that most, like, most of Harry's fate has been determined for him. Like, you know, he's the chosen one. He has to defeat Voldemort. Yada, yada, yada. But he's still able to make the choice of which house he wanted. And he also what had no idea which house his parents were in to influence that decision. Whereas, like, Ron already knows he's going to be in Gryffindor. Draco already knows he's going to be in Slytherin. Um, yes, Sam. Do you think that because, like, they... So we know that the Sorting Hat takes into influence what the, the person wearing it once so do you think that because draco and ron were so heavily influenced by slytherin and gryffindor that they inadvertently chose their own house most likely i would say because then like i would definitely say with um draco like that was what he wanted yeah Mm -hmm. i mean and, and i'm sure same with ron like can you imagine what the Weasleys would do if Ron got put somewhere else. Yeah. yeah even I'm though. Good. Right. Even though, like, even though all three of the Golden Trio are in Gryffindor, like, they all kind of represent the other houses. Um, like, Hermione obviously represents Ravenclaw. 
because she was almost put in Ravenclaw. And like her quick wit. Ron represents Hufflepuff because he's, you know, loyal and he eats a lot. And Harry represents Slytherin because like he has to use like his cunning. Yeah, like he has to he he has an ambition, you know, to bring down Voldemort and to restore peace to the wizarding world. Um but but also what I found interesting is that you know, Harry chooses goodness despite you know not being treated well in the past. Like he could have very easily gone rogue and said, you know, yeah, put put me in Slytherin and whatever but he chooses goodness which says a whole lot about his character like he met like he met draco and he saw how like nasty he is and harry's like um i don't want that like i want to be i want to be a gryffindor <laughs> gryffindor power um, I also found it interesting that Neville also had a debate, a house debate with the Sorting Hat. Um, because like later on we find out that Neville could have also been, you know, the chosen one. So I'm, I think there's like a chosen one prophecy, like. Like, hey, this could have happened too. So, do you think the prophecy... I guess kind of the way I understood it, like, the prophecy was on Harry because of of Voldemort, not necessarily the house. So, I guess what I'm saying is, like, do you think that... Mm. Well, I think I think it's... Well, I, I don't, I'm not trying to say that it's part of the house. I think it's more of the choice. Like, Voldemort chose Harry over Neville. Right. And, like, even though Neville, you know, wants to be in Hufflepuff, the Sword and Knight had, you know, no, you need to be in Gryffindor. I gotcha. And then, like, Harry, you know, he wants to be in Gryffindor, but the Sorting Hat is inclined to put him in Gryffindor. I mean, Slytherin. Now, do we think that the fact that Harry is a Horcrux, that we find out much later, has any influence on why the Sorting Hat wanted to put him in Slytherin? I was always under the impression that it did. And even kind of like looking back at the series, like Harry isn't overly ambitious in anything other than like trying to save the right like he's in quidditch but like he doesn't you don't ever really hear about him saying like like hermione like he doesn't have like big aspirations or anything like that so i always thought it was more the horcrux that it was picking up on yeah um i also found it interesting that family origin slash blood status has no like has no weight at hogwarts like everyone is on the same playing field like all the time. Hmm. 
Um, and then I know I, and well, you interpreted that those in power are not always in control. Like Dumbledore, <laughs> like he has to like bellow to get people's attention because they're so excited about the start of term and whatever. Um, and we even see later on, like, like yes, we know Dumbledore's in charge, or you know, McGonagall is you know the deputy headmistress, but they don't always have control of the situation. I think. It's- um, and then, like Peeves, Peeves is like the wild card. Like nobody has control of him except for the Bloody Baron. Go ahead. Um, another great example is Fudge, because he just never really gets a grasp on anything. He just kind of right. flounders around. Right, right. Well, he got he got that job. Um, he, I mean, he he didn't earn that job. He, I mean, he he was given that job. He didn't earn it. Well, and I agree, but it kind of goes with what she's saying, though. Like, power doesn't mean control. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like he's the leader. Oh, just look at our president. Oh my god. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to bring politics into it. <laughs> but I also find like Dumbledore's little like random word ramble um interesting. Like cuz obviously he chooses four words and if you like dive deeper into those words, they kind of represent the opposite of the houses so nitwit is you know used as an insult you know you're basically calling someone stupid so like that would be the opposite of ravenclaw like they would be offended if you called them a nitwit um blubber is it also word another word for fat and you know hufflepuffs like to eat um I had trouble with with the last two. Um, ultimately, I used oddment for Gryffindor um, because, like, oddment is like the odd man out. Um, I ended up going with Gryffindor because it made me think of Neville, um, where he's just kind of like he's like there, but like not <laughs> until later in the series. Um, and then Tweak, I went with Slytherin, um, because Tweak, like when, when you want to tweak something, you want to change something, and ultimately we want to change the idea of pure blood supremacy. Yes, Sam. Um, to kind of go with what you were saying, like I kind of dug a little bit deeper into like the house names. So like, like you were saying, like Raven is a, it's like an omen of of prophecy and insight so to call a ravenclaw netwit would be terrible and then hufflepuff you were spot on about what i was gonna say with that but griffin so i think you're right about odd man out because a griffin is a it's a greek creature that has like the uh, it's a lion's body and i think it's a like an eagle yeah i want to say it's an eagle head um or something yeah yeah so I think odd oddment is perfect for Gryffindor. Uh, 
I wonder. So, I mean, I get. I mean, you know, he was like, "I have several words to say," and then he says it, and then they eat. I mean, it was like, you know, and Harry's like, "Is he crazy?" And you know, Percy's like, "No, he's a genius," but yeah, he's a bit odd. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this? Con- I mean, what is this supposed to represent? I think it's just kind of like like foolish words like not foolish words but like like you're not gonna listen to me anyway so i'm just gonna say something stupid and go ahead and eat but i think i think for i think that kind of like what you were saying with the words and like how they kind of each seem to represent a house like i think dumbledore kind of knew that as well because like those words just fit a little bit too perfectly with like the houses to not be right. intentional. Right. Why? I and, don't know. And but. if anything, like, so along with, you know, Admit, you know, made me think of, of Neville, now that we're talking about it, like, I, I kind of think, I'm kind of thinking Harry, too. Like, Harry mm-hmm. is, you know, obviously, uh, you know, this powerful wizard, just he doesn't know it. And, like, I get get into it more in the next chapter, but, like, he's kind of the odd one out. He knows nothing about the wizarding world despite being a wizard. And despite, you know, his parents being who they were, he's completely clueless. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. And even with yeah. um, Ron and Hermione as well, they fit into that too. I mean, how much Draco picks on her and, and Ron, for that matter. Just because, like, right. Hermione is a muggle-born and ron's poor so right yeah like her money's like a know-it-all and she gets you know bullied because of that and ron comes from a massive family and they're they're poor mm-hmm. um but yeah how about that big old feast though like like reading that made me hungry <laughs> i mean i'm like where's my magical food I was eating while just I was reading it. Just appearing out of I nowhere. Kind of went. Hey, look. No, I will not say, the magical food. The magical disappeared. The magically disappeared, and all the plates were clean. I was going right, the right. Yeah, that too. If I don't have to cook, I'm happy. Right. If I don't have to cook or clean. Yeah. You guys have anything else for Chapter Seven, The Sorting Hat? <clears throat> I did. I noticed that. Um, so as. McGonagall was, you know, putting, uh, calling out the students' names. Pretty much every student that she called out, um, we see again in the books. You know, Lavender Brown, um, Blaze Sabini, the Patel twins. But there were three that she called out that we never hear from again. And it was kind of like, whoa, what? Um, I have to sign into my account. They just filler. Oh, please. Author filler. Is that is that what you think it is? I, I, I mean, from a person who is writing a book, that probably could be it. But there could be more to it too. I just, I never actually really looked into. Those I was extra just characters. curious as to why. 
it just it stood out to me. I did not actually. Let's um, see. I got them right here. Let me see if I can pick out can these. Can you names. not open for me, please? All right. I don't want. Come on. Um, I just thought it was kind of weird that pretty much. So there's Hannah Abbott, Susan Bones, Terry Boot, Mandy Brocklehurst. Okay, so Mandy, right, Mandy Brocklehurst, um, you, that's the, that's, you don't hear of her again. And then she, she does some more, and then she does uh, Madougal Morag, mm -hmm. that's the only time you hear his name. One more. Oh yeah, Lisa Turpin. Turpin. I just think it's weird because she had a plethora of students' names, and these three are mentioned one time. I think. I don't. I think Morag McDougal is mentioned again. Don't yeah, um, hold me to that. I think. I don't. I is don't remember. Morag McDoodle becomes a, is a Slytherin, right? I believe so, yeah. I think he's mentioned later on um, as part of the Slytherin Quidditch team. She, no, she's not mentioned to go to a house. Um, oh. But she she ran off with the, the, the sorting hat and had to give it back to Neville. Um, I'm trying to see. No, Neville did that. Yeah, Neville did that. Neville ran on. He ran, and he had to oh, jump back right. and hand it back to McGonagall. I just find it. She doesn't do anything without their meaning behind it, right? And yet, you have three students that are mentioned one time. As far as I know, I don't remember the Morag McDougal being mentioned ever again. I feel like I I know that name. She's, she's got a wiki on, but it's, you're right. I don't think she's mentioned again. Isabel McDougal is, but, and even her, like, see, and I just, I don't know. This could be writer filly, fill, writer filler, because even the name, so the etymology, Morag is Gaelic for tall. Dougal is the Gaelic for dark stranger and Mac is son of. So I just, there's just it without knowing like what house she went to, cause it never says even in the wiki. So I, I don't know. I can't make any connections other than that. I don't know. I just found, I just found it interesting. Anything else for chapter seven? Oh, uh, yeah, I did have one thing. Um, so he talks about turning his teacher's hair blue, and I was like, well, I wonder why blue. Like, was he sad? Did he hate her? Like, what was it? So. I like looked up the meaning of the color blue, right? And so the color of trust and loyalty, blue has a calming and relaxing effect on our psyche. Because this piece of 
peace and makes us feel confident and secure. It dislikes confrontation and too much attention, but is an honest and reliable and responsible color, and you can always count on its support. So I think Harry turning his muggle teacher's hair blue spoke a lot of how he felt about that teacher. Yeah, like he trusted her. All right, chapter eight, the potions master. So, like the chapter opens with everyone like ogling Harry, like oh my, like they're whispering about him. Oh my gosh, look at him, look at his scar. Um, I think at this moment he represents a promise to the wizarding world that there's a better world to come and we will overcome evil. Um, like. Harry is literally like the boy who lived. Like anyone, any normal person would have died had the killing curse been thrown at them. But, you know, Harry represents this good thing that's, you know, I don't want to say like Messiah because that's probably too strong of a word. But basically, Harry's here to save the day. <laughs> He just doesn't know it yet. And so I guess, do you think like the kids knew that or do you think that they were just kind of reacting to like a celebrity as Snape would say? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like, I'm sure they've, they've all heard the story of, you know, baby Harry at this point. So they're like, Oh, here he is in the flesh. But I think like the deeper meaning behind that is, you know, you know, yes, he survived this horrendous thing. Maybe he's going to, like, bring about change. I get it. So, like, you're saying, like, what Joe was intending to say when she was writing it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, like, the, like, meaning behind, like, the deeper meaning behind, you know, what he represents. Other than, like, everyone's fascinated by him. Right. And, like, we really only see that, like, here in the beginning. Because, you know, come book two, oh, okay, Harry, cool, whatever. Like, his... Yeah, the his, fame wears off. Yeah, right, his fame wears he's off. No, and, like, even when... Yeah, he's... He's he's an old... He's a normal kid. He's, he's, he's just Harry Potter. Right. Well, and even when, like... Huh? He, he lost him so many house points that they just didn't care yeah they're like okay whatever you're well that was bad too yeah Yeah. oh famous Harry Potter what the hell right and even when like like later on like when he's like thrust into the spotlight like everyone's like okay cool you know that's Harry whatever because even like in like in book four when he's thrust into the (laughs) triwizard tournament they're like oh Harry okay whatever yeah, they actually kind of um, hated him for it. Right. Who is this? Oh. Um, but then, too, the fact that Harry has flaws and is a normal kid helps, you know, us as the reader better relate to him. Like, you know, yes, he's a wizard, but, you know, we see him, you know, getting lost and we see him, you know, not doing well on his first day, like, everyone expects him to be this great wizard, and he can't even lift a feather. 
Yeah, he was. Or he was... can't even. Go ahead. I, I, I couldn't remember what they used in Transfiguration, but. Yeah, it was it was better. But it was just very, you know, reading it for the first time, like as an 11 year old, like you're like, oh, this kid's just like me. Right. So. Um, I think that Professor McGonagall is Harry's safe place. Um, and like like his his mama figure. Yeah, she fills that motherly role. Um, sure. yeah, yeah, like very much so. Um, like she allows him to be a kid, without well, kid slash wizard without the pressure of fame. Like she knows, you know, he doesn't know anything about magic, and he's gonna struggle. But she expects that. He's a kid. Like, he needs to learn. That's why he's here at Hogwarts. To learn how to do this stuff. Which is, you know, what your mama does. Like, she know, like you know you can't do this. But as we practice and get better at it, then you can do it. Um, she's fair, but firm. But then, like, on the sly, spoils Harry. Like, have a biscuit. <laughs> But I think she does it because, like, like I don't think it's something she would have done for Ron or Hermione, but she does it for Harry because I think she did kind of fill that motherly role for him at, at Hogwarts, at least. Like, she, she's the, the head of his house, so, like, of course, that's her, that's her child, in a sense, I guess. Like, they all are. Right. Like a teacher thing, I guess. I don't know. They're all, they're all my kids, but Harry was different. Well, that and, he like. He didn't have that at home. Right. Well, yeah, and like, like she literally scoped out the Dursleys, and was yeah. like, "Dumbledore, don't leave him with these horrible people." And I, I wonder originally if I think originally, like that was out of love for for uh, James and Lily, but when she come to knew come to know Harry, I think it, it was for him as well. You know, does it make sense? Right. Yeah, like she saw so much of James and Lily in Harry, and just like is honoring their memory by caring for her son caring for their son exactly yep all right um so snape we all know we have to discuss him (laughs) um so snape obviously abuses his position as an authority figure um places vindictiveness over his duty as an educator like, how are you going to be nasty to this kid for no reason? Well, up front for no reason. That's just horrible. I kind of wonder if... I am very conflicted on Snape, right? So, like, I ve- I really much... Like, I really wonder if from the jump Snape had like even before he saw Harry knew Harry whatnot like I wonder if he had kind of set his mind to be mean and cruel to Harry or if it was one of those things where like had he looked like Lily maybe he would have just like been different towards him but because he looked so much like James it maybe like triggered something in him yeah like like a PTSD kind of thing yeah and he like kind of figured that that Harry would be just like his father right yeah which in, in some ways he is, in some ways he isn't. But, like, it's interesting, like, Harry starts this lesson, like, genuinely interested 
and learning potions. Like, he was taking notes. He was paying attention. So, like, he was being, you know, a student. And then he's attacked by his teacher for reasons at the time Harry could not understand. Yeah, like, I... Good. Like, how, how are you going to come at an 11-year-old for something that he has no idea? And, like, I'm... I'm kind of struggling with the fact that, you know, I'm sure Snape knew that Harry had zero knowledge of the wizarding world at this point. So, like, why would you just go on this verbal diarrhea rampage on an 11-year-old? And I, I think that kind of goes back to, like, what I was saying, like, where he kind of maybe got swept up in the moment where he was like... He's looking at Harry, but he's seeing James. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that it excuses Snape's behavior in any way, shape, or form. Because, like, in these early books, like, he's a scummy character. Right. But it's when we get to Snape in the later books that I'm like, okay, I kind of like you. So. Right. Like, like, Snape is like... I feel like Snape is the tragic hero. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah, like, like you know, he's of noble stat. Uh, well, I struggle w- with the noble status thing. Like, he's he's someone of of importance. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he has a tragic flaw. Um. But yeah, hmm. Snape is a tragic hero. I... That'd be interesting. Good. Um, there, there's actually a book called Snape. Snape something but like the whole I, I, I read it I just don't remember the full title of it but it's basically a, like a breakdown of Severus Snape did Joe write um, it? no oh okay it's basically like somebody's thesis paper on Snape interesting hmm. I'll see if I can find it it's called Snape a definitive reading hmm. but it, it kind of like reads like a like a thesis paper. You'll have to send it to me if you can find it. Because I'd be very interested to read that. Yeah, I found it. I, I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you. Okay. But yeah, like, like it kind of like dives deep into Snape. But it, he oh, is I'm just, still kind of torn. Oh, no. He is one of those characters that like... He does what a character's supposed to do in in terms of growth, right? Like... We see him starting out absolutely hating Harry, but by the end of it, like, he saves his life. So. Right. She wrote a a perfect character, but she wrote a tragic character. Yeah. A tragic hero. Um, then there's Hermione. Um, so, obviously, you know, Hermione is trying to do what's expected of her Snape asks her a question she wants to answer the question you know she feels pressured to live up to her promising future you know everyone tells her oh you have a promising future oh you know you're the brightest witch of your age and so you know Snape's asking these questions of Harry who's like clueless and he's like well Hermione knows why don't you ask her but like they don't they don't realize that Snape is bullying Harry 
and like doesn't want like knows he can't answer these questions and he doesn't necessarily want the answers to these questions he's just trying to embarrass harry and ultimately allowing hermione to embarrass herself but like she's so stuck on the path of you know the teacher asked me a question i must answer the question like she's kind of like blinded by the fact that this is what's really going on instead of you know pick me let me answer the question well and to kind of circle back to Hermione as a whole one thing that um stuck with me heavily from when I was um taking courses to be a teacher was you don't you don't tell a kid they're smart like you come out and you kind of be like oh that was a that was great like um I can't remember exactly like you don't ever tell a kid they're smart because then they come to rely on the fact that they're smart and if they can't live up to feeling that way then it kind of like is the reverse effect you know right yeah with Hermione my thought is that she has been told she's so smart for her whole life that now she feels like she has to live up to that and so it comes across like in in situations like that where she's so eager to answer the question and prove that she knows and she wants the approval that she did it with the wrong teacher and it kind of made her look not how she's actually is. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Right. And, but, and, and like that, she's kind of snake. Like, um, unless you're Draco, he doesn't really care about you. True. (laughs) Very true. But then like I mentioned earlier, you know, overall family origin blood status has no weight at Hogwarts. But then, you know, we come, we see Snape and Draco, which Snape's a half blood, so I don't know. But like, but like Snape favors Draco because, you know, we find out later that Draco is his godson and Snape, you know, was a death eater. Which I also find interesting with him being a half blood, but well, I, see, but Voldemort himself is a half blood, so right. But he like disdains his father, right? Well, but I think it's it's very similar with Snape, right? Because like he doesn't like his father either. So I think I wonder if there was like some sort of I don't know if Voldemort's even capable of this, but like, sorry. Uh, some sort of like kinship or you know understanding like of the rejecting of the muggle side of them does that make sense yeah yeah all right do you have anything else for chapter eight i do not robin's doing something so we'll just move on robin's yard guy showed up yeah um, all right, chapter nine, the midnight duel. So obviously, you know, we're starting this chapter with our first flying lesson. Um, and poor Neville, Neville just can't catch a break. <laughs> you know, like um, Neville, that was me as a child. I just, I was a mess. <laughs> just can't, poor thing can't catch a break. Um, so. Um, Harry, you know, Harry obviously breaks the rules. 
um, by flying, but his cause is noble. You know, he's standing up for his friend. He's trying to, like, show Draco that he's not going to allow him to bully him or his friends. Um, and then we see McGonagall going through the motions of publishing, of punishing Harry for breaking the rules, but her true feelings are praise and admiration, you know, which circles back to her being Harry's safe space. Um, basically, she's tired of Slytherin winning the, winning the Quidditch Cup, and she found her chance, and she's going to take it. McGonagall is competitive. Right. Like, she has a deep down, like, disdain for Slytherin. Because it was it was it was an injury from a Slytherin player that destroyed her chances of playing Quidditch professionally. I'm not gonna lie, like I I completely get that as somebody who's like competitive and loves sports. Like I grew up a Purdue fan, and like their enemy or like their you know whatever is IU. So like to this day, like I don't watch Purdue or IU much anymore. But like I can't stand IU, so I get it. I get it on another and level. I, and- and that's like the whole Ohio State Michigan thing. Mhm. Like pick a side. <laughs> the Ohio State Indiana feud gets pretty ugly too. I lived in Bloomington for a while and there was a fight at every football game, I swear it. But we almost always Sorry win. guys, I'm back. <laughs> that's okay. I had to give had to give instructions. He's putting mulch down for me. Everybody's like, "Why don't you do that?" Because I don't do outside. And when I can pay somebody to do it, that's what I'm going to do. Right. I don't do Thank outside very much. either. I don't do outside. Not unless I have to. Thank you very much. So anyway, um, so he's out there yeah. getting uh, getting some things situated. So yeah, We had just finished chapter eight. I think eight. it's funny. Um, well, I kind of, I had my earphones on. I could hear you guys talking. I think it's kind of funny that Prof- Professor McGonagall is like, um, not not only is she competitive, she's she she's she's kind of like she tries to be very fair to all the students, but she sees like oh we could win if he had a broom, and then like you know somehow magically he gets a Nimbus two thousand. <laughs> I think that came from Professor McGonagall. It did. There's nobody ever. It's never. It's never said who how he got that broom but i mean you know but it kind of comes back to what jules was saying like that's harry's safe space like that's that's her her kind of that's kid his mama. Without, yeah that's her kid without having a kid yeah <laughs> but yeah like so like she puts on this front that she's you know taking him to, to dumbledore and you're gonna get punished and but really like so Everyone thinks he's going to get punished, but as they're going back into the castle, she's like, we need to go find wood. But you know, like, that whole time. I love how he goes. Oh, I'm sorry. You're good. Sam. No, that that whole time, that whole time, like, she's walking him to wood. Like, you know, she had that little McGonagall smile. Right. That's all I was like, Well, I think it's funny, like, Harry's like, wood? What is that? Is she going to beat me with a piece of wood? What? Right. I- he's, like, freaking out. He's like, oh my gosh, I have to go back to the Dursleys. Like, what am I going to tell him? <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yes. Um, 
and then I had this like thought, um, a little rule breaking may be acceptable and even valued is one of the most interesting aspects of this novel's moral dimension. In almost every book, we see some type of minor rule breaking. Or, I mean, we're big rule breaking, like in the next book when the pudding gets dumped over. Um, or Harry blows up Aunt Marge. But, it like... I like lost my train of thought here. Um, but like n nobody got hurt, or like what you know whatever it was, it can be fixed. Like it's not a big deal. But um, like like so the third floor corridor, Harry, Ron, and Hermione accidentally end up there. Like Dumbledore said in the speech, you know, stay away from it, un unless you want to die a most painful death. And then. Harry, Ron, and Hermione end up there on accident. Like, oh, locked door. You know, let's go in here. Boom. Like, oh, crap. There's a big doke. Um, and then, you know, the, Hermione sees that the dog was standing on a trap door. And that, like, triggers their curiosities. Um, Draco, you know, he's obviously, you know, thinks he's all high and mighty because his father is a, on the board of governors. So, like, like little things here and there, Snape kind of, like, turns a blind eye to. And then, obviously, you know, McGonagall buying Harry a broom, knowing first years can't have brooms, because she literally signs that letter herself. Like, uh, it'll be alright. But, um, Harry's willingness to break minor rules adds to his character complexity. He's not necessarily a bad child, but he has, he's curious. Like, he's in a new place. There's all kinds of things going on around him. You know, pictures are talking to him. He has to say a password to a painting of a lady to get to his bed. Like, I would just be fascinated about everything. I think that's why she gives him so much leeway because like she does know kind of where he came from, you know, like and she knows she knew James too, so she kinda knew like this is probably gonna be this kid's nature. Yeah. Like, so he's like not as like ridiculous as serious and like he has some of James's qualities. But, but she also sees a lot of Lily in him. You know, like, trying to, like, you know, be peaceful and, and like, try to do the right thing, even if it doesn't always turn out that way. Yeah, and he doesn't try... I feel like James really tried to kind of be the center of, of attention and, like, be the leader of things. Like, tried? Well, you know, whatever. But <laughs> semantics. It wasn't no try with that boy. It wasn't no try. He did. Right. Don't try. He did it. But, but so I think where Lily comes out is Harry's more, like... Reserved. Reserved in it, yeah. Like, he still ends up being the person that, you know, kind of James, but, like, he doesn't seek it out like he does it kind of falls to him and he just handles it right Oof. so like harry's more of a remus yeah yeah 
He's a fixer. Yeah. Yeah. And so Draco, 100% bully at this point. Um, and as the books go, you know, he tries to maintain this, like, tough guy persona. But, like, we know, like, all right, Draco, come on now. You're you're softer than you believe. Yeah, and I think um, we don't really get to see that until maybe like book five, six, something like that. Yeah, like especially six. Like when we see him struggling to you know fulfill this like promise he made to Voldemort that he was going to kill Dumbledore. As retribution for, you know, his father being in, in prison and Dumbledore taking, or not Dumbledore, um, Voldemort <clears throat> taking over his house. And, you know, now Draco is forced to step up as, like, the man of the house. But he's just a kid. Yeah, it's it's really in those books when you kind of start to see that change in Draco where you see, you know, like, I feel like Snape kind of had a gradual character you know progression whereas like draco just kind of stayed consistent until that moment and then it was like okay he's a character that like you can start to sympathize with right he's like kind of stuck mm-hmm. um um i put you know draco's a symbol of power in the wizarding world and how systems of power can just change the rules on a whim like, like we see this in book three with the whole Buckbeak thing. Um, like, if it wasn't for, for Lucius, you know, bribing these people, they they would have let Buckbeak go. Yeah. Yeah, more than likely, without him pushing for, pushing for it. Right. Like, you know, it was an accident. Like, they know hippogriffs do this if you insult them. So when you call it a big oaf, then yeah, it's going to scratch you. Yeah, I think it also maybe had something to come to do with like them being afraid of the Malfoys too. Like it's very well known that like Malfoy was highly involved with Voldemort. So. Right. Voldemort. Well, not only that, in, in book two, he threatens to curse the school people, whatever they're called. Oh, the governors. Their the governors. families. Yeah. The governors, yeah. And I think that they're not only just afraid of Malfoy's because of Voldemort, also because of the influence that Lucius has in the ministry. Yeah. Like, they can very easily, you know, come up with something and end up throwing them in Azkaban just because, you know, he has fudge in his pocket. And Harry, you know, 100% takes advantage of the fact that Harry has zero, or Draco takes advantage of the fact that Harry has zero knowledge of the Wizarding World. Like, I challenge you to a duel. (laughs) But then it's kind of funny that Ron ends up bringing up a muggle fighting tactic. Like, you know, if... Just hit him on the... Yeah, throw him in the face. Punch him in the face. (laughs) Like... 
so I I'm, I wonder if you know like reading more about them as as an adult like not cursed child because cursed child is trash um, if Ron ends up adapting some of the same muggle interests like his father hmm. does Ron like I mean it's been a minute since I read cursed child does Ron have a muggle collection like Arthur because that would be epic they don't really talk about Ron. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about the home life like that. I wish. Yeah. It okay. It's my head canon that Ron has a a Muggle collection like Arthur. Yep. He has. Oh, he has a collection of Felly tones. <laughs> <laughs> no, nowadays he's got a uh, um, cell phone. Celly tones. Yeah, Celly tones. And iPads. He has like every every like iPhone, iPad, iPod ever made. <laughs> Ron's a Ron is an Apple user. Yes. Uh, anything else anyone wants to add to chapter nine? I think I'm good on chapter nine. Yeah. But I also find it interesting that even though, you know, Draco was the one who instigated this duel, um, Draco ends up chickening out slash sending Filch to go find Harry and Ron and Hermione. I don't think he chickened out. I think he did it on purpose. Yep. Well, I'm sure. I think it was kind of... I mean, he was like, here I can challenge him to a duel and then get him in trouble. Right. I mean, that was just him being, like you said, a bully. He wasn't, he didn't chicken out at all. He was never planning on going. Right. Yeah, I think he had it set in his mind very early that Harry was going to be, like, as soon as Harry snubbed him, like, with the handshake, I think Draco made up his mind very early that this was not going to be hunky-dory. Yeah. Are we ready for chapter 10? Yes, ma'am. Yep. All right. Chapter 10, Halloween. So, I love the fact that, you know, Harry and Ron completely show up Draco. And Draco's, like, shocked (laughs) that they show up to breakfast the next morning. And they're kind of, like, laughing about what happened. And then Harry gets a broomstick. So basically, Harry gets a reward for, like, breaking the rules. Yeah. I think that was, like, kind of maybe, like, the second giant slap in the face to Draco. Right. (coughs) Right. His father will hear about this. Of course. Um. So yeah, this chapter proves that Hogwarts is a security nightmare. No wonder it was like, so easy for uh, Sirius to break in in book three. Right. But like, okay. So my first my my first thought was, you know, you have the Forbidden Forest, which is filled with all kinds of ridiculous magical creatures, right? 
Mm-hmm. And like we we do see, you know, some coming in the castle, like like friends and stuff. But they were, you know, obviously invited in. Yeah, but he's also not. I mean, he's also intelligent. I mean, the right. the centaurs are intelligent. Right. You know, they have like, like they're, I mean, quality. they're not like just you know like a troll that's just walking around like right. Like, how does a troll get into the castle unseen? Like, <laughs> like how how do you just like and like the whole and you know like later on in this book like the dragon. Like, how is it there's just nobody in the hallway? That was super convenient, right? Like, (laughs) right. Well, they did have a, they did have an invisibility cloak. But, like, are you going to keep a giant dragon quiet under that thing? (coughs) He had his teddy, he had his teddy bear. He ripped it to shreds. He had his teddy bear. I mean, luckily he was a baby dragon, so I'm sure he slept most of the time. I hope so. But still... I wonder if Joe All of had these a puppy. animals in the forest. Sorry. I wonder if Joe had a puppy when she was writing this. Maybe. He just sounds very much like a puppy. Right. But yeah, with all the biting. Yeah. Ripping heads off of teddy bears and such. Yeah. Uh, but still, like, all this, all this stuff in the forest and nothing gets inside. And yet here we have a mountain troll. Yes, but the mountain troll did not get in, inside on its own. Right, but it was coerced. I mean, it didn't just like you know just wander in there. Now, once it got in there, yeah, then it was let loose. But like nobody knew it was loose until Quirrell came running in. There's a troll in the dungeon. Well, how the yeah, hell did it get it there, Quirrell? Well. That's that's what you ask after the fact when you find it and get rid of it. Not before. Well, let's sit him down and let's question him while it runs amok, while the troll runs amok in the castle. And that's another thing. There's no order. Everyone just panics. Well, until Dumbledore yells. Right. But even then, it's not like there's not a head count. Like, they would have figured out that Hermione was missing long before she ended up, like, in the bathroom. (laughs) That's another thing that I don't understand. I don't get the lie. You don't get the what? I don't get the lie. I don't understand why Hermione lied. There was no reason to lie. None whatsoever. She was protecting. Because the truth was, I was in the bathroom. You have every right as a girl to be in the bathroom. What's the problem? And then the, the, what's it called? The troll came into the bathroom and they saved me. That is exactly what happened. But yet she lies and said, I went to go find it. Because no, you didn't. She, I mean, I, I, I have a note about this. At least what I think is that she values their potential friendship more than the way the teachers look at her. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I know that's loud. Um, even though, like, ultimately it's Ron's fault that Hermione was trapped with the troll. Because he was the one who picked on her and made her cry. He made her go hide in the bathroom. Like, they still end up becoming friends. Sorry about that. Well, the thing about it was, regardless of whether 
she told the truth or or told that lie, either way, both Ron and Harry come out as the hero. Right. Right. But it also shows. So it, it should. It should. She should. I, I just. I just don't get the lie. I, Instead of saying I was in the bathroom, the troll came in the bathroom. The boy saved me. It's for, which is what happened. It's forgiveness, right. though. It's like the it's what? forgiveness. She's saying like, yes, I recognize like you said what you said, and like it was cruel. But at the same time, like, thank you for coming to find me, and I forgive you. And here's what I'm gonna do to kind of protect you. I'm going to take the heat for it. Right. And like, and it shows that in moments of real crisis, she's not always the quickest on her feet. Like she, like she can't, you know, process things that quickly. I relate girl. Um, I relate on another level. Right. So you're okay. So you're saying it was easier for her to lie, to get them out of trouble in coming to find her, to save her. No, I'm saying that, no, I'm saying. I'm talking. Oh, sorry. No, I'm talking about what Julie said. Well, I'm talking about what Jewel said. Hermione's more of a planner. Like we see that, especially in Deathly Hallows, where she has, was planning for weeks about their escapade. Like she's a long-term planner. Like she's not a in the moment, do something reckless. So when she was just faced with, just like. Like, you know, why did you do this? Um, well, uh, this is what happened. Done. Which we know is false, but like that's the first thing that came to her head. Okay. Um, but it's you know, it shows that she's brave, but she's not like recklessly brave. Like she wouldn't have otherwise sought out the troll. But the boys may have. You said then, may have. Like, no, so, they full on did. Well, yeah. Well, they did because <laughs> well, they, they went looking Hermione for Hermione. Right. Right. That's what they did. They didn't go looking for the troll. They went looking for her. Right. Because they knew she was not where she should have been. Which re- relates back to Hogwarts being a security nightmare. Uh, Percy should have known that. Yeah, what's the point of right, if he'd have done a head count, where you know I'm missing, yeah, I'm missing somebody. Right, it, he he's the prefect, he's in charge. Like, do your counts, man. This, and that's like the first thing like teachers do when when there's like a fire drill is they count heads and make sure they have all of them. I mean, teachers, um, bosses, everybody. Percy just right slacking. when like. Even like at my job, like when we do a fire drill or something, like we we do a head count. She <laughs> scared me. Sorry. So, stop. Now. He's in protection mode. He sees Jeff out there moving around. Oh no, that's oh that's Karen. Stop it now. Oh Karen. Um. I know Karen, right? <laughs> but She's we talking to Jeff. <laughs> but we also see the development of the Golden Trio team, um, in all of their different strengths. Um, you know, Hermione's a planner. She prepares for the worst. She knows all the fine details of you know magic, and she shares that skill with the boys. You know, obviously you know. <laughs> 
and now my daughter. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, she's she plans long term. Um, Ron is very reckless, but you know his his cause is you know overall brave, maybe not always noble, but definitely reckless. And then Harry, poor Harry. <laughs> All I have is Harry relies on his sheer dumb luck. He really does, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, and then his his agility as a seeker. But you know, it's funny because Harry does study and Harry does learn, and Ron, a lot of times, is like, "Tell me how to do that spell again." What? How did you? And and Harry, he learns and knows the spells, and Ron's like, "What? Tell, what? Can you tell it? Tell it to me again?" Right. So it takes Ron a couple of times to to get it, and Harry picks it up fairly quickly. Right. But like, in the moment, <laughs> Harry. Right. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, he's a first year. We're we're in October. They've been there since September first. So I mean, you know, you're you're talking two full months. Right. There, you're not going to learn a whole bunch, especially to take on a full mountain troll. Right. I mean, and, and, and live to tell the tale. Right. And just even like over the rest of the series, like, like Harry just gets lucky. Like who uses Expelliarmus to fight the most powerful wizard of all time? Harry does. Like, oh, if I take his wand away, he can't hurt me. <laughs> but Hermione says it like in, I don't know if it's a movieism or if it's a, I can't remember if it's in the actual book because it's been a minute since I've read five, but she literally tells Harry, like, you got by on dumb luck, which right. like, is, like, so true of the whole stinking series. Right. Well, McGonagall tells him in the movie with the troll. Yeah. You got by on sheer dumb luck. Yeah. Dumb <laughs> That's luck. Why does, she say, does she say it in the book, too? I don't remember. But she does. She does. Because she goes, that was sheer dumb luck in the book. With the Scottish trill on it. Because they got five points apiece for Gryffindor for sheer dumb luck. Right. (laughs) But poor Harry is just kind of like the pawn. (laughs) Like Hermione's the brains, Ron's the brawn, then there's Harry. I feel like that's a perfect way to describe Harry because like... Dumbledore knew about Harry and he literally just pulled strings. So I feel like Pawn is a perfect, at this point, is a yeah. perfect way to right. describe Harry. Right. Harry has no idea what's going on. He's just kind of here for the ride. Well, Dumbledore kept him in that position for the longest time. Well, right. and pulling his strings. I mean, it's something we'll get into a little bit deeper, like further on in the series but like he I feel like he did it so he could Harry could be a normal child without having to bear the weight of the world on his shoulders at 11 right 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 oh yeah there's always yeah there's always method to his madness right and some people call it cruel but I mean there, I mean he there, there were reasons behind it one you're right so that he could remain a child as he was a child 
All right, anybody else have anyone have anything for chapter 10 before we round it out? I don't have anything for 10, but I do have something that I didn't really know where it fit. Um, do you want me to do it now or you want me to wait? Go ahead. Okay. So just kind of in regards to the teacher's names, right? So like Quarrel, Quarrel. So like Quarrel is hosting Voldemort. So I always thought it interesting that his name rhymed with Quarrel. Um, Professor Sprout, like her name just suits her job. And then um, Professor Flitwick. Um, so I just broke down like Flit and Wick. So Flit moves swiftly and lightly. So I feel like that could fit Flitwick because he's tiny. And but I couldn't really figure out anything with Wick other than like Wicks are small. And Flitwick is small. I don't know if y'all have anything better to add to that. And then the last thing was um, McGonagall. She is just a very steady, for the most part, very unchanging character. She really knows, like, coming into the series, like, she knows who she is. So I thought it's interesting that the probably like the second most steady character to like Dumbledore teaches transfiguration, which is like changing fluidity, things like that. So I just thought it was an interesting contrast. Well, they say behind every great man is an even greater woman. That is true enough because McGonagall is a bad, Mm -hmm. bad mamma jamma. Yep. Thank you. Oh my god, I was just thinking that. I couldn't get my mic on fast enough. <laughs> Y'all go to the non-cursory words. My brain goes to the dirty words. Right. Well, it's family friendly. That's why I, that's why that, I shut that's up. That's all I have I'll let y'all fill for 7 for through me. 10. I gotta work well, on Well, I'm gonna say that 13. we might need to just end and wrap this up. Oh no, there she came back. Jules, she says Jules was offline. I was like, what happened? I'm here. Can you hear me? We hear you. Yeah, now. It was weird. It was like, you're offline, Jules. I was like, what? Interwebs. Oh, Lord. Technology. Can we, like, right. circle back to this head count for just a quick second? Like, yeah, sure. Y'all are in a magical school. You can't just like flick your wand and make your magic go count these people. Like, there's no spell for or, that. I don't know. Maybe you could have a map with everybody's name listed on it. <laughs> hmm. I wonder if that's possible. Right. I, do you think? You know, do you think the map could hold that many names? I think it could hold everybody in the school. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And and Hogsmeade. Hmm. I wonder if Fred and George. That's just, that's just me. I'm just throw. I'm just throwing stuff out there just to see if it will stick. That's suspicious. Hmm. I wonder if the owners of the map watched the troll fight. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but like, what would it say? Like, would it say troll? I don't know. It's not like the oh, troll has a name. Don't they have names? Right. Oh. That Polly thing Femis. has a name. That? Oh, that's a cyclops. Never mind. <laughs> Ignore me. I'm I'm uh, blending mythical creatures over here. That thing has a name? 
Hogwarts. Yeah, Hogwarts is a, is a security nightmare. I got that from right. what was that podcast? Potterless. Like I couldn't, I couldn't stand listening to his voice, but, but like, he like always stresses Hogwarts is a security nightmare. No, I lied. It's from MuggleCast. Mm. Hogwarts is a security nightmare because they like play this annoying like wee 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 thing. Hogwarts is a security nightmare. Like a like a sir- siren. Thing. Yeah. Warm. Yeah. That's true enough. Yeah. Well, ladies, I think I I don't mean to rush y'all, but I actually have to go do tech stuff this afternoon. I know today's my my dad's birthday, and we're gonna go out to lunch with him. Yes, tell your dad happy birthday from us. Yes, I will. Uh, he probably don't know who we are, but you just go ahead. I mean, I I, I talk about y'all, say my oh, okay. my North Carolina friends. Sweet. We're still that working. are pressuring me to move to North Carolina. I was about to say, we're still working on getting you down here. Mm, y'all got a hurricane right now. No, no. thanks. Girl, the sun is shining. <laughs> they know hurricane here. It's stifling to breathe. I'll be in my and pool. And it's hot outside. Mm. I'm about to, yeah, I'm about to go make my way to my pool when we're done here. So. It's actually not that bad I actually here. got up and mowed the grass at 730 and it was, I was like dripping, mm. dripping sweat. It's It's rainy and cool here jealous see you're the one with the hurricane don't even try it <laughs> she had 93 percent humidity i'm gonna stay right in the house robin i'm not lying so i was talking to her yesterday yes. complaining of, or not yesterday it was a couple days ago but i was complaining how it was hard to breathe and it was hotter there than it was here yeah it's been in the 90s all last week it was like oh gosh all right so maybe a couple more weeks and then we'll finish out this book yeah we need to get better about being consistent with a releasing <laughs> we're trying we're well, people just have to trying to kind of get into a new flow with this whole thing so give us a couple episodes and we'll get there yeah we're, we're getting there slowly but surely all right Anything? Oh, we have a i don't know what our closing thing is guys <laughs> I know it's been so long. I I don't even have it. At, I, oh, I got I'm this. So Hold sorry. on. Give me one second. Let me think about this. <laughs> Hold up. I can pull up a thing. How much need to? Can you edit this out? <laughs> yeah, Robin. Just chop this part off. Just chop it off. Well, we'll just make up a new ending. All right. So. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Instagram at Ridiculous. Is it Ridiculous Podcast or is it just at Ridiculous? I think it's Ridiculous that Ridiculous Pod is on Instagram. Yeah. Facebook is Ridiculous Pod- Podcast and Ridiculous Podcast Group. Twitter and Instagram are Ridiculous Pod. There we go. See how ridiculous we are? <laughs> it's You can follow Sam at... <laughs> Hold up, I don't even On Instagram, you can follow. You don't know what yours is. Okay, there we go. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Samantha underscore foot 08. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram at running my pup. I had to take the S off. And then then Jules is. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at jstjohn0422. I like to simplify that because that's, that's a mouthful. I was literally just staring at my. Put Instagram it up there, Jules, the like, podcaster. That's a lot too. <laughs> okay, 
Um, actually, we would really appreciate it if you could go and rate us and review us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back in a couple weeks, maybe 500 months. We don't know yet. <laughs> oh, Lord. Just no, not that we long. can work it out. It won't be that long, I swear to God. I promise. Thank you for listening, and we hope you come back for more Potter. We don't need magic to transform the world. We carry all the power we need inside ourselves already. J.K. Rowling. Go be freaking kind. I was, hey, Robin, (laughs) hush. Go be freaking kind, y'all. And don't litter. (laughs) Yes, don't litter. Don't litter, right. All right, we'll see you guys next time. (laughs) Bye, everyone. All right, bye. bye.